and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shapwurst. With me is Vinny Tadero. And uh, we got a lot to talk about on this episode. Um, multiple big trades, multiple signings, multiple uh, additional restructures, and um, a couple guys that we let leave to other teams. So, uh, yeah, be a packed show. But uh, as always, we'll start with a trivia question. This week is my turn to ask the question. And this might be a uh, might be a tough one, but we'll see. Uh, so this guy, he's from New Jersey, born in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey? Teaneck, yeah. Teaneck. And uh, he went to Dumont High School and was drafted by the Cowboys in the seventh round out of William and Mary. Defensive lineman is his position. Lineman drafted in the seventh round. Mm -hmm. I don't know. All I can think of is... um... Jay Ratliff. No, yeah, he was seventh round. Um, let's see. I feel like I gave away all the all the hints in the first one. Uh, he he played three years with the Cowboys, and then another four years with the San Diego Chargers. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking. Sean Lissamore. Hey, nice. I'm Facebook friends with him, actually. He's one of, like, maybe three or four Cowboys players, all, you know, relatively no-name guys, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what is he doing now, selling hot dogs on the corner? <laughs> I think he's, like, a, a high school coach or something like that. That's oh, yeah. I, I just saw in his... He doesn't post much on Facebook, but I just saw that searching for the uh, trivia question. But uh, yeah, so what a week! What what a change in uh, this episode versus last. We, we had the news. We were just coming off the news that we missed on Jalen Ramsey for a third. Which at the time, I I was like, you know, how could you get better than Jalen Ramsey for a third? Well, it turns out Stefan Gilmore for a fifth at like half the cost was right around the corner um so yeah let, let's let's start out with the two trades we got stefan gilmore for a fifth round pick from the colts and then we got brandon cooks yesterday for the texans for a fifth and a sixth this yeah. is after we tried to tried to trade a third for him i believe at the trade deadline and the texans were holding out for a second um <laughs> It didn't work out. That's too why they're the Texans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on those on the two trades? I I liked both. Um, Gilmore is uh, he's a welcome addition to the secondary. It means that they don't need to bring back Anthony Brown. It means that they're going to have four or five quality corners and Gilmore digs. Uh, I don't think they're going to get rid of Lewis. I think they're going to yeah, keep Lewis. Seem like Bl- it. Yep. Uh, Bland and Bland who. Jumped in and did a, a really nice job last year. He'll have a student. He'll have a starting job in the future. Uh, maybe you know. Maybe they won't bring Diggs back, or maybe they won't bring Gilmore back. I don't know. The Gilmore's yeah. here on a one-year deal. Yeah. All right. So um, and then uh, Mulumalo, uh, they said they're moving back to a corner, which is his position in um, college. And then you've got C.J. Goodwin, who was just a special teams player. I really don't see. Um, the, the two guys that we have never liked, uh, we, should, we should point it out that we were right on the money when they were drafted. Right, right. Uh, we didn't, did not like uh, Calvin Joseph or uh, Nashawn Wright. In fact, I, didn't even, I wouldn't even refer to them as name, by their names. Um, right. But uh, I don't see those guys uh, making a team, maybe the practice squad. Yeah, I, I could see Nashawn Wright making the practice squad because I feel like he's a little more toolsy I, I think kelvin joseph is just he's just kind of a, a fuck up <laughs> i don't think i think we've seen enough that he's he should just be 
cut. I, I guess if you could keep him on the practice squad, fine. But, um, yeah, probably easier to cut bait with him. At least Nation White doesn't have the off-field stuff, though. You get some, and you get some savings. Right, right. Yeah, get some cap savings, and I'm, you know, my man Neville Galmore. I'm the first person to say he should be gone. Right. I don't want. I, he, gave, he gave him three years. Right. You know how much? How much more time? He gave him three years. It seems like he got worse each year. Yep. Yep. But you know that opens up a little money, and um, you know just to get a real quick uh, shot in there, um, I think that would open up enough money for us to sign a backup interior lineman, which we desperately would need. Yeah. O line or D line. Old line. Yeah, yeah. We desperately need a backup guard with experience. Yeah. Well, so so I guess we'll start with, so the trades, yeah, I, I think pretty oh. much everyone love. It, it seems like everyone loves the Gilmore trade, and for good reason. He's still, I mean, he's 32, but that's really the only negative you can say about him. He, he's not the defensive player of the year anymore, but he was still... A top, I think he was like the tenth graded corner nice. in P- Yeah, he's still a great corner in both zone and man coverage. He's right. a scheme diverse cornerback. I, I think he's got at least two or three really good years left in him. Um, that that one's pretty obvious. The Brandon Cooks one has gotten way more criticism by some Cowboys fans than I expected, and, and I guess it's because people wanted. DeAndre Hopkins, but DeAndre Hopkins, right? Well, well, I mean, I don't think we would have gotten six million from the Cardinals to pay his salary like we did for for Brandon Cooks. In which case, he's you know he's going to be making more. But would he would he go somewhere where he wasn't the, the number one? I mean, there's beyond that. There's. He, he would cost more. It would be at least a second-round pick, I think. And then from a skill set standpoint, he's kind of the same type of receiver as C.D. Lamb. N- not to say that he wouldn't be welcome. Like, I would like him on the team, but I'm not, I wouldn't pay a second-round pick for him, I think, in this, at this stage of his career. He, he has been injured the last few years. He was suspended last year. And... I don't know. I, I I like Brandon Cooks for a fifth way more than and, and the other thing with Brandon Cooks, the Texans are paying a third of his, his contract. So we, we are on the hook for twelve million yeah. for just this year. Then we got him under contract next year for sixteen million, but we can cut him for no dead cap at all. So if we want to renegotiate with him we have a lot of leverage if we want to trade him we're we're basically on a one-year rental and then we can do whatever we want after that but uh the the thing that a lot of people are like oh this guy's 5'9 which he's not he's 5'11 and he's a slot receiver and yeah he's smaller he is smaller but he's not a slot outside though i think right he he's his career percentage is 70% outside, 30% in the slot, which is about the opposite of CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb was like 62% slot, 38% outside this past season. And Brandon Cooks brings a dimension that we don't have, and he brings exactly. that the speed and the, the ability to take the top off defenses. Now exactly. we're going to get to see if Dak Prescott can throw a good deep ball. Right. Right, and and I was I was looking at Dak's numbers again because I've I've always had the sense that statistically Dak Prescott is a better deep ball thrower than people give him credit for, and he is he he wasn't as good last year as he's been in the past. Uh, I think he was ninth out of thirty-seven quarterbacks in QB rating and like thirteenth in PFF grade on passes over 20 yards. But the year before, he was like sixth in PFF grade and like fifth in QB rating. Like he's always been top third and and he's never had a deep threat as good as Brandon Cooks, I think. And Brandon Cooks isn't going to be like a, you know, a jump ball guy, but he can just blow by people. He ran a 4-3-3 and he's also got the change of direction. I think he says he still could run it, but 
<laughs> I, I believe it. I, I think la- last year was not his best season, but he also Look played he for played. the Texans. Right, right. Um, his his uh, last game of the year where they beat the Colts to get the number two seed rather than the, or the uh, number two draft pick rather than the number one, he had like a great game. Yeah, like he finished the season very strong. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a great compliment. And th- this guy that I follow on Twitter who, who I really like, um, Cowboys stats and something like that, stats and numbers, he made, he was like, worst case scenario, we've got a mid-tier number one receiver in CeeDee Lamb, a mid-tier number two in Brandon Cooks, and you get Michael Gallup from last year, which is like a number four. Best case scenario, you get a, a high-end number one in CeeDee Lamb, like he was last year, a low-end number one in Brandon Cooks, and like a mid-tier number two in Michael Gallup. Well, he's covering all his bases. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think but that's probably closer he, to the, uh, the, the, the what's going to play what out. What we're going to get, right. And, and even the worst-case scenario, that's still better than last year. And I think it'll have a trickle-down effect on Gallup because now you've got an out, a better outside receiver than Gallup. So he's going to – Grand Cooks is going to get the number one corner more frequently. Gallup's less likely to run into Stefan Diggs and, you know, Darius Slay and those kind of guys. So, yeah, I, I really love that move, and, and I don't understand – the hate. I, I, I kind of understand the, only, the hate. The only, well, the one it's problem unfounded. that I have with it is you got to ask why the guy's been traded so much. Is yeah, that's that is that is worth asking. I, I you know, that's like when you go yeah. to a job and they see that you've had five jobs in the past five years. You know, right? You start no. to ask questions about you know why did anybody want to keep you long term? Yeah, but, I mean, uh, there, there's definitely been a pattern of, I mean, the the one that I can't really explain is the Patriots. Like he was their best receiver. They've kind of they've since Randy Moss. He was their best receiver, and they you know just traded him right after. I think they made it to the Super Bowl, but lost with him. Um, but the rain their first it was the Saints. The Saints got Michael Thomas. So I think they they kind of replaced him with Michael Thomas. The Rams they got um, I think it was Cooper Cup and, and you know He's some good. guys like that. Yeah, right. And then the Texans I think they just knew he didn't want to play for them. So I don't think oh, they're going to be a mess again this year. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, even with your boy Dalton Schultz, they're still going to oh, suck, uh, which we'll get to. But uh, I yeah. Don't get it. yeah. Um, but I, li- I like the addition of Cooks. Right. Um, I, you know, uh, it gets fan. back to something that I've felt for a while and that teams overvalue their own draft picks. Most draft picks that you make don't really don't really pay dividends. Um, I've looked over this. I used to I used to get magazines where well, I still do get magazines where they review the draft from five years past or ten years past, and it's amazing mm-hmm. how many draft picks uh, don't really do anything for the team. Um, and, but, so I think the teams are just kind of got, um, got their, their, uh, you know, rose colored glasses on when they come, when it comes to valuing their, their draft picks. So, but it, that enabled us to, you know, to get him for basically nothing, right. a fifth round pick. Um, we had three, now we're down to one cause we had two comps. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a huge need. It was definitely a huge right. need. If they're trying to make up for you know losing Amari Cooper, they got gave him away for a fifth. Right. Um, and but that you know what, I'm still taking a wide receiver in the first round. I wouldn't be upset by it. I, I don't think we will. I, I don't think we have to now. I before I was like, yeah, before it's we had Jordan to, yeah. Addison or bust. But but now like. I think you could wait till the second or third. But if someone like Jackson Smith in, jo- in, in Jigba falls, I would still take him, absolutely. And and probably Jordan Addison, too. But but honestly, like I feel like guys like Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers, like what Brandon Cook's baseline is would be like, if, if either of those guys produced like that, it would be like 
a miracle. <laughs> like that that's the be absolute best case scenario of their rookie output would be just like a Brandon Cooks, you know, down year or or like his average year. He he's put up six a thousand yard seasons yes. and his most recent one he had no one throwing him the ball. He had Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor. So yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with that. And then probably the one, well, I don't know if the one I'm most excited about, but the the other one I'm very excited about is Ezekiel Elliott, finally. And and so many people are already being like, well, we can just re-sign, re-sign him back. I'm like, nope, nope, band-aids off. Let's, we, we made two giant mistakes already with this guy. Let's just let him right off into the sunset with another team that wants to overpay for him. Um, that was that was the right move. And I was afraid we were going to either... It, it sounds like we tried to restructure, which I wouldn't have done personally, but that's all right. Uh, but yeah, the worst thing we could have done would have been like, re, you know, get his, his salary down a little bit, but be, still be <laughs> like six or seven million. Uh, like, no bad way. bad enough they kept Tyron no Smith. I, you didn't like that? No. Yeah. I, I, I don't hate that. I, I, it's not my, the, the, the two moves that we've made so far that I haven't loved, but neither of them I, I really disliked either was Tyron Smith. Um, mainly because I, I think the way they're, the way they're going, it's looking like it's going to be Tyron Smith starting at left tackle yeah, and Tyler Smith be. sliding back in, which I don't, yeah. I don't love that. <laughs> no. I, I think it impedes Tyler Smith's development. I, you you got to. I mean, but, it's exactly what we thought going into the last year's draft. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know I said they're going to draft somebody who is a tackle, but will play guard until Tyler Smith finally, Tyron Smith finally just keels over and dies on the football field. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And I, you know, Tyron Smith, he's just an injury waiting to happen. Right. It's, it's going to happen. He's a waste of money at this point. This is the Tony Romo thing all over again. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they didn't just cut him, keep the cap savings and go out and find, you know, they'd have to find a swing tackle. Now they don't right. need, now, you know, the, the benefit of keeping Tyron Smith, this is a real gamble. This is a real gamble yeah. because he can still play. Right. He could still play real well at left tackle or right tackle, okay? And, but I don't think that uh, Ty, Ty, Tyler Smith, it's going to drive me crazy, is as good a guard as he is a tackle, all right? That's right. problem number one. Right. But the upshot is you didn't have to worry about re-signing Connor McGovern, all right? And you don't have to worry about signing a swing tackle now because if something happens to Tyron Smith, which it will, they'll kick the young – the younger version over to tackle. That's why I said before, what they really need is a quality veteran interior lineman to yeah. play guard when Tyron Smith is injured. Yeah. Yep. And and maybe that's. I mean, but yeah, yeah. You're you're probably right, and that might be the target in the draft. Is you know in the in the first couple rounds we get a guard, um, but. Yeah, it, I mean, we're still saving by restructuring. We still freed up about nine million in cap space, but oh, but it's basically it, it's four point six million that we're missing out on by not making him a post June one cut. That that's what it comes down to. But it is, I I will say both. I I, I don't know what you thought. I I'm curious. What, what did you think about Leighton Vander Esch's deal? Because I know um, you were. I thought Leighton Van Der Esch's deal. I didn't want to bring Leighton Van Der Esch back because he's another <laughs> injury waiting to happen. Yeah. I would have signed Bobby Wagner. Um, but that being said, I thought that he got a deal that was probably that was less than I thought he would get from another team. Right. But I think that other teams are viewing it the same way I view it, in that he's just too high of an injury risk to to worth to be worth. Uh, paying big bucks to, uh, I did not think we'd be able to bring him back for this amount. But right. at the same, but you know, at the same time, I thought he was an injury risk. I just thought there'll be somebody out there super enough to pay him nine or ten million a year. There wasn't, 
So he's back, and he did. He was he was pretty good last year. He wasn't yeah. bad. He, he was pretty good last year. So I don't hate the move, but it's not the one that I would have. I wouldn't have brought him or Tyron Smith back. Yeah, I would have brought back Dalton Schultz, but Dalton Schultz. Um, I, I yeah, I probably would have brought him back unless there's something about him that they know that we don't because it is awful strange that nobody gave him a multi-year deal and the deal that they gave him was quite a bit less than what we both thought he was going to get right right so i don't know what's going on with him if there's a fear that he is just playing for a contract yeah maybe there's something about his work ethic well i mean he didn't play particularly well this year even so that that would make he did. I mean, compared to his last two years, he, he had, you know, like 575 yards versus 800 the previous Well, I think year. a lot of that was because Dak missed those games, and he was Dak's yeah, man. Yeah. Never, became, never became Cooper Rush's right. man. Oh, we brought Cooper Rush back. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. Right. Let's have a ticker tape parade. <laughs> um, they, they have to draft a quarterback in, yeah. in a serious, in a serious round. I think that the, what Cooper Rush, signing Cooper Rush allows, and I thought we got him for... Very reasonable price. I thought some oh, team would. There was. I think he thought he might get an offer as a starting quarterback, and people yeah. out there thought he would. And I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you got to be kidding me!" Mm-hmm. But but no. Even for a backup, three million a year is is very reasonable. Um, I I think what this allows is us to draft a quarterback with a little more risk and a little more upside than if we were drafting a guy to both be the heir apparent to Dak and the immediate starter. I, I, unless you're drafting a guy in the first you round. Back up, yeah. Yeah, which no one, none of the guys that are worth a first-round pick are going to be available. You're, you're going to have to pick between one or the other, the, either the, the high upside or the, you know, the guy that, like the, the you know, uh, what's his name? Purdy or, or Bailey Zappi, the guys, or, or Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush, when we drafted him, was the guy who was, you know, had had good production, was, you know, smart guy, just has a fucking noodle arm. And, and that's kind of when you're getting into the mid to late that's rounds. Not, that's not a big, as big a problem in if they're really going to run a version of the West Coast offense, though. It do, it limits what you can what you can ask of them, and and I think, I mean, yeah, if, if the guy is is good enough at everything else, you don't need a cannon for for an arm. I, I think Joe Burrow is probably the best example of that right now. But but even he he's got a stronger arm than than Cooper Rush for sure. I, I think Cooper Rush. Well, they're going to be, you know, if they're running the West Coast offense, it's a lot of, you know, quick, short dropbacks, um, which helps out your O-line. And, you know, you need receivers who uh, can get open off the line of scrimmage and they run a lot of skinny posts and quick slants. Um, You know, they don't require a ton of arm strength. So that, you know, that, that, that's to his benefit, you know. We'll see if Prescott can adapt to it. We'll see how much of the offense is new. Dak's at 20 to 30 percent. Yeah, uh, I don't like that idea. I, you know, we both agreed that we thought Kellen Moore should stick around. Mm-hmm. Didn't think that there was a lot wrong with Kellen Moore's game. Nobody's perfect. I thought there were a couple things he could have done better. He could have had Dak run the ball more. He could have had him roll out more because he's good at throwing when he rolls out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, Kellen Moore, I think, is a very good coordinator. Um, and so I'm, I'm wary of, of Mike McCarthy calling plays and installing, you know, even if it's only 20 or 30 percent of his offense. His offense wasn't wasn't so hot the last time he ran it in Green Bay. Yep. And he had somebody named Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback. Right. Right. I don't uh, know who he is. Yeah. Um, the last guy that uh, we we re-signed was Donovan Wilson. Oh my! I like Donovan another, Wilson. Another good side. I, I, I was expecting him to get between nine to ten million a year, um, yeah. and and I was thinking, you know, Vander Esch was right in the range where I wanted him, five to six million. He got five point yeah. five. But the way we structured both contracts, and and here's here's what I really and they're multi year. That right. I like. I like the fact that they're multi year. 
They're, I'm tired of these one-year deals. They're and they're not just multi-year, but they are and Tyron Smith as well. They are incentive-based. At, yep. at least mainly Tyron and, and Van Der Esch. They're incentive-based so that if they get injured, we can we're not paying them as much and we can get out of them early. It's it's kind of the same thing as with Cooks. I, I, yeah, and I I just hope that and this is a little bit off topic. I just mm-hmm. hope that that does not encourage them to play through injuries they should not be playing through for their personal yeah. well-being after football. Yeah. Cuz Tyron Smith I don't know what that guy's life is going to be like after football. Yeah. I mean, he's made quite a bit of money, like nine figures. So I, I don't think he is going to be, you know, literally breaking his back for an extra $500,000 signing bonus or game bonus. I hope not. Um, but, you know, v- Van Der Esch, he hasn't really had quite as big of a payday. So that's the one where you... And his, I feel like, is more like a back. That's you know, that's serious. That's gonna definitely stay with you. But I feel like oh. a neck is more like you get paralyzed. That that's yeah. a different level to me. Um, but yeah, so so I mean, with Donovan, Donovan Wilson was a good signing. I didn't think they yeah, would spend that too. much money on a safety. Yep. And, and we we re- I mean, we went all out opening opening cap space like initially i think this was last episode when we'd restructured dak and zach martin and it was like you know people are are talking about oh are we you know moving money around to make a big move and i was like this is like the minimum expectation like you shouldn't be expecting a big move based on this but then michael gallup and then demarcus lawrence the guy that that i was thinking oh we haven't restructured him that means we're we really want to get rid of him. We just waited for some reason, and and then Tyrone Smith, and then cutting Ezekiel Elliott. Like we literally, besides cutting Jordan Lewis, we opened up. And I guess if you cut Tyrone Smith versus restructuring him, like that, that's really the only way we could have possibly opened up more cap space. Um, like we we did go well go all all in um and i think we still have nine million left that's on top or that's without including ezekiel uh ezekiel elliott's 10 point something million that will come after june 1st oh that's right you have to wait on that yep yeah so all right well that, that'll give all right that that's all right because that'll give us a chance to um i don't know if they need that will they have the draft pick signed by then um, you know, that'll give him, if not, that will give him some, the rookie pool, um, and give him a chance to, um, sign at least another player, yeah. um, one or two cut. players. And, yeah. um, you know, like I said, I, I, I would, I would still don't think they're going to keep Neville Gallimore or Kelvin Joseph. So that give him some more savings. And as I said, you know, look, they're not done. I mean, yeah. people should not get carried away. This team, especially with the hole at tight end now, you know, I'm assuming they're going to go with Ferguson, yeah, right? But so. the, they are. Let's forget about tight end. They need to bolster that run defense because that that was a problem last year. So yeah. they still need to go out and get a bona fide defensive tackle. Yeah. All right, at, at for the one technique because I think Hankins they'll, they'll resign and he's. He's pretty good at the one technique, but they need a, de- a quality defensive tackle. This is a bad draft for defensive tackles, mm-hmm. and they need a strong side linebacker. Unless they think that the kid that Clark is up to the task, yeah, which he may be. I don't know, but if it was me, I'm still looking at doing a, you know, a little bit more shopping. Um, you know, that being, and it doesn't have to be right away. It's going to depend on who's available when. But, you know, deep, definitely let's get a quality defensive tackle and a quality strong side linebacker and I think a backup guard. Yeah. Which I think we could easily afford considering all the money that you just mentioned that we have yeah. still at our, um, our – uh, still on our fingertips. Um, but, no, I would not overlook the problems that run defense had last year. That We got gouged way too often. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I it think... wasn't. It wasn't just you know. It's not like yeah, I think we were a little better with Hankins in there, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit better with Van Der Esch in there. But even if they're back, you know, I'd still you know, let's you know. Yeah, we could still work on it, and and I think I, I like. There's a couple, you know, guys. I haven't really looked at the linebackers, but at guard, a lot of the guys that I liked are gone. Um, there is still. I, Isaac Simulo from the Eagles, he's still available. I, I'm guessing he's, he's going to be out of our up. range. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess that would be if we were going to, yeah, yeah. If we were going to put Smith, Tyler Smith starting and, and Tyrone as swing, but that doesn't, that, based on what we paid Tyrone, that's probably not going to happen. I don't think, that's, I don't think so, they have any intention of doing that. Yeah, so, so they think... That then would lend to the the kind of lower tier guys like Justin Pugh, Dalton Reisner. Either of those guys would be kind of low end starters, but pretty good backup guards. I, I think if they want if they want to come in for two or three million. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would like those guys at that price tag. And I think if if we whether we do or not resign Hankins, I like Sheldon Rankins. Another Ankins defensive tackle. Uh, most recently, I think he was with the Saints. I think we could get him for pretty cheap as well. Um, and, and that way, I, I'm guessing we'll probably target one tech the same way we have the last two years in, in like the you know fourth to sixth round in the draft. Oh, which, God. Yeah. I, I was getting an argument today with someone about how we don't prioritize the one tech and he was trying to say that we we have and i was bringing up you know alim mcneil we, we drafted kelvin joseph over alim mcneil he's like well that was you know kelvin joseph was a top corner prospect and i was like nah he, he really wasn't he, he was kind of a boomer bust we could well, have they, they tried the with tristan hill and they blew it big time they've but been he was, blowing he it with every, almost every defensive tackle they've drafted he but he was a three tech we we at least have drafted three techs yeah yeah the, the three techs we've we've got gallimore tristan hill odigizua we, yeah. we've drafted and, and spent decent resources still not like t- i don't think we've drafted a, a no. first round three tech any in recent history but we've devoted some resources there versus like absolute bottom of the barrel on one tech and and i i get it it's a positional value thing um i'd rather we do that which is you know deprioritize it completely, then do what we did with Ezekiel Elliott and pay out the ass for a position that is replaceable and inherently declines over time. But um, when there's a guy that when there's a guy that like Alim McNeil who can offer pass rush, I think that's the thing with with the one tech spot is. Yes, if the guy can only be a big fat blob and and stand there and plug the run, yeah, I'm not going to overpay for that. I'm not going to spend a, a top pick on that. But if you can get a guy with with some pass rush ability and who can plug the run, I think that's very valuable. Um, well, every, everybody's looking for um, Vito Vea or right. um, uh, the guy on the Giants, Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence, he he is he is number one. He is even ahead of the Vita Vea, I think. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like I said, yeah, I mean, I, I would bring, I would definitely bring Hankins back. I'd probably bring Carlos Watkins back. You know, nobody's going to offer him much money. He did a decent job, you know. Um, yeah. And keep him around. You could always cut him, you know, if you're, you know. But I have him taking a defensive tackle in free agency as well as uh, in the draft. But this is not a good draft for defensive tackles. What I've seen, I haven't looked at the draft real closely. I haven't looked at that as closely as you have. But what I've seen, 26 is not an enviable spot to be picking. And I think the best value, I probably said this last week, is going to be at wide out and guard. And we we don't... need a guard right now i mean in a couple next year or the year after yeah but right now we don't need uh, a starting guard so i have him going wide receiver 
first round running back, second round guard, third round quarterback, fourth round. Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to ask what where you thought our draft would be now. Well, I think that's not where I think that's not what I think they're going to do. It's what I think they should do. Okay, make the difference. Okay, Fair. I would never pretend to try to read their minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I will say I don't I don't hate Bijan Robinson at twenty six. That's really? probably not my still oh, not my come favorite. Come on, you've been going on forever about what running backs in the first round. Yeah, but it's late first round. I, I I'm starting. Is he that good? Yes, yes. He he is a generate, and and he probably won't last. I I think even with how much the league has has evolved in its valuation of running back I still think he's probably going to go higher but but yeah I, I think he's legitimately the best runner of the football since Adrian Peterson really? and, and he's he's the guy who like what he does and, and I think he's he might be this may sound kind of crazy but he might be a better all-around back than Adrian Peterson he can catch a little bit he's, he's probably not quite as fast Adrian it's Peterson that, ran. It's a, that good that I would that I would say take him. And I would agree with you. Yeah. That, if that take him at twenty six. Yeah, his like his it's tackle breaking is is like, you know, the best in in years. Like like I said, yes. kind of off. It's off charts. But again, I, I wouldn't be like thrilled with it. But he is. I think. I think late first, even for generational running back, that's about as high as I would I would take them. But well, that I, said, if he's that good, I would take him in the first. I, I don't think he's going to last that long, and I right. didn't think he was that good. But if he is that good, I would take him at twenty six. Yeah. But like I said, I think guard is probably the spot that was shaping up as the best value. Yeah. And then followed by wide receiver. The only other thing I can think of is is if Kincaid seems <laughs> to have vaulted to the top of the tight end chart. And you know, if you, I don't know what you think of him. If you think he could, you know, come in and actually help us this year, you know. Yeah, I. I if not, I'll go with Ferguson. I wouldn't hate Kincaid. I, I had this. I was talking to my buddy Tim, who's been on the podcast before today yeah. about this. Actually, he does not like Kincaid, and and he had a good point. His his reason for not liking Kincaid is not necessarily anything against Kincaid specifically he just doesn't think we as a team would utilize him well as a downfield uh, attacking tight end he thinks our offense is set up to you know for Dalton Schultz a Jason Witten more of an underneath threat which I think Kincaid can do I, I think he's you know he's capable of being a, a guy that you know runs five yard ten yard button hooks but if if you're only using him in that capacity, I think you're you're definitely shortchanging him. And if you aren't using him in more of a you know down the seam kind of role, which I think you could argue, C.D. Lamb and and you know maybe a, that might be his game more so. Well, if he can if he can get downfield and pose more of a threat, then I would be more inclined to take him. Yeah, um, and just modify the offense. Um, because you know, you're, you're world, making him sound more desirable to me now. Um, I don't know a lot about him, and um, you know it may not be a bad idea to take him at 26. Yeah, you know, but but my thing is, I want I want somebody who's going to contribute now. Yeah, and and I think he. I mean, the downside is he, he's not a blocker. He he is definitely one of these. Uh, that, you know, that's, an that's Yeah. But but you got Jake Ferguson who can block decently well, better than Kincaid for sure. Um, I I would say, but yeah, but I think he's he's one of the few prospects who could be able to contribute as a receiver day one. And and a lot of these guys like Evan Ingram, like Kyle Pitts, are kind of more receivers than tight ends. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but another that's the trend in general right yeah um i will say i i am not open to any running back besides Bijan robinson at 26 I, i've seen some people mock or saying they'd rather have this guy gibbs from alabama uh who's very fast like he ran a 4-2 i think wow and that's that's great but he's not the 
all-around player that Bijan is. He, he's home run hitter, but I I would take him maybe in the second. But but really, I, I think in an ideal world, I mean, we're kind of in a spot where we can go best player available at, I mean, there, I, I don't think safety makes sense with us being three deep. Uh, I still may t- take a corner. Like maybe you trade Jordan Lewis if you take corner, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it, it would have to be like a really top, like a Joey Porter Jr., Christian Gonzalez, yeah. like someone who almost certainly... With. Right, right, exactly. Then, but... Uh, they, or Gilmore. Gilmore's only here for a year. Right, right. Both, right, both well, so of them could be gone crazy. in a yeah. year, yeah. Um, but, but I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But I, again, it, it would only be... And before we trade for Gilmore, I was entertaining guys like Kelly Ringo, who's kind of a, an upside guy, uh, San, or uh, Cam Smith. And, and now I wouldn't consider either of them. It would have to be uh, either Witherspoon from Illinois, Christian Gonzalez, or Joey Porter. Those are the top three. I think they all should go top 15, but I would consider any of them in 26. But, yeah, whereas I would have considered kind of the second-tier cornerbacks before Gilmore, now I wouldn't. The the position that I think is – I really need to do more research in this position, but I've, I've a lot of people have talked about is linebacker. I don't, at a first glance, I don't think there's any linebacker that makes sense at 26, but it wouldn't surprise me if we went that route, and it would probably be a little disappointing. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if there's a guy that can really cover, like that's, again, kind of like defensive, like a one-tech who can rush the passer, there is real value in that, but... If it's you know just a standard like you, sort of like with running back, you can get a Nick Bolton in a in the second or third round. Um, I think you should be able to replace linebacker, and and it's not a good draft for linebacker. Um, well, no. So and you got to give Damon Clark a chance. Yeah, yeah. So I would say you know. Best player available, definitely lean towards the high-value positions. Like, if somehow a C.J. Stroud, which I, I think he's he might go number one now, so maybe like a Will Levis ends up fall, falling, but I, I doubt it. I doubt any of the top four quarterbacks will be there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Bijan. If a receiver like Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba falls, I would still take take them. Um, I would take O line certainly either, kind of either offensive tackle or guard. I, I think just best player available. Um, the guy that I really like, and I think I, I, I think we should target in the second round. This is kind of my. I, I don't really have, but now that we've addressed receiver, I don't have a player I love at twenty six anymore. It had been Jordan Addison, now. I would still take him, but I'm not, like, thrilled by that. But at number 58, John John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. That is my guy. That would be – he can play guard or center. But I think long-term, I want him replacing Biotish at center because I think he could be – I think he's somewhere in between Biotish and Travis Frederick, a, a guy that – just produced well in college, but didn't have the injury concerns and, and played better than uh, Biotish in college. He, he not quite as good as, as Tyler Linderbaum, but uh, that that's my guy at 58. But yeah, I, I'd say in the middle rounds, got to take quarterback round three through five. Ideally, if you, if you don't take Bijan, I'd say... Round four is where I want to take a running back. And then I would double up. I would get another running back in round like six or seven. Maybe you hit on uh, an Isaiah Pacheco like the Chiefs did. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would still like, to, if we don't get a receiver early, I would still like to 
take a flyer on a receiver. Um, definitely defensive tackle. Um, I, I would I would take the guy the guy from Baylor or the guy from Michigan. Those are kind of the top two one techs in this draft. I don't think I would take either in, at twenty six, but at fifty eight, both of those guys would be good choices. And then after them, it's really we brought in or, or we visited this guy uh, Dexter. I forget his first name, but this guy from Florida, Dexter. I think he would be a good fourth or fifth round pick if we want to go that route again. Um, but but yeah, I mean the especially if we can sign like a backup guard like a Justin Pugh, um, and we can at least sign one solid one tech veteran. I think that that really puts us in a strong position going into the draft, where we can kind of go oh, yeah. any way we want. Um, that would be ideal. We we are, I think, we're bringing in like three players. The the only guy that I know of is Ronald Jones, who was a former high pick and is kind yeah. of just burned out. I I don't really want him particularly. I think I'd rather we draft guys. Yeah, draft somebody. Yeah, I, I think um, Well, you know, after what you told you know, after what you've said about Robinson, I, you know, I think that if he's there they're gonna take him. Yeah. I think they they jump at well, that. And I think that um if I had to predict it, I think that if Robinson is there they'll take him and if Kincaid is there they'll if Kincaid is there, Robinson's not that they'll take Kincaid yeah. um, before they'll take, go with my idea of wide receiver. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bijan Robinson, I think it makes sense if you are planning to move on from Pollard after this season. Um, I, I'm kind of thinking that we're planning to lead. And, and, you know, what we do in the draft is is really going to dictate both this next season and the future. I think if you get Bijan, you got to play him. Like, he's too good not to play him at least 50-50 with Pollard. If you get a, a mid-round guy, I think you probably end up playing Pollard as the main back. And, and you know, this other guy gets a third the carries, Pollard gets two-thirds, and, and then maybe you let Pollard go after you, you know, increase his workload. Um, but I'm... We'll, we'll see. If, if we really, really skimp on the position, I think that's a mistake because then you kind of give Pollard all the leverage next negotiation. you got to bring in someone who's at least somewhat competent in in relief. If nothing else, who can so considering considering the fact, like I said, I think Robinson is the guy if he's still on the board. Yeah. Don't think he's going to be there, but I think he, he. I predict they take him if he's still there. But if he's not there, I I if I had to make a prediction, which I don't like to do when trying to read these. I don't like trying to read these guys' minds. But yeah. if I had to make a prediction as to what they're going to do. Considering that they let Dalton Schultz go without any kind of fight, yeah. I think they got their eyes on Kincaid. Maybe. I could also see uh, Michael Mayer. He's, he's much more of that Jason Witten, Dalton Schultz style of tight end. And he can, he can block, but he's not that you know da- dynamic downfield threat. Um, I, I wouldn't hate him at 26 either I, I would rather him at 58 which i think i think witten was a third rounder if i remember yeah correctly. witten witten was you know from what i had read he was going to go in the first round i couldn't believe he was still there in the third round yeah yeah so so marcellus loved that pick maybe mayor falls who knows but um i i think mayor will be a solid pick but just not not anything more than a you know, intermediate, short-range type of player, um, which you know that may be that may be enough. But yeah, I think uh, I think we're in a we're in a good spot to to draft best player available, and um, 
mean, there's always we now we haven't keep in mind we we haven't announced any of our thirty visits yet. So that that's that's the biggest tell of which direction we're leaning. We we know yeah. who we visited at the, at the combine, and that is a very diverse list. We we have visited with just about every position group, but the thirty visits are really historically the really telling the the telling sign of which of what way we're we're leaning towards. So that that should be coming out soon, if not by the end of you know by by next week. So um, and I'm sure we'll still have some smaller signings. I don't think anything crazy left but um but yeah we'll uh we'll have more i'm sure to talk about next week but uh um, the thing that... i mean the thing is i don't think that mm-hmm. like i said i think robinson or kincaid will be the guy if they're there i don't think either of them is going to be there yeah i think kincaid i my guess is he will be more likely but oh, yeah. if i had to guess neither of them would be there that that would be I think I'm with you. That's why that. I say it's a tough spot. It's yeah. not an enviable spot. Enviable spot. It might be wise to draft the trade down. I was th- saying that too. Yeah. If, if we um, if we don't have anyone that we love at 26, I would be all for trading down because I think this is a draft where in rounds like two through four, that that's where you want to have the bulk of your picks. Yeah, that's just kind of my my sense. Um, so yeah, that's um, I think that's a good strategy if if we don't have anyone we love at twenty six. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I think that'll uh, do it for this week. But thanks all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week for another episode. And until next time.